It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. It's more like Boris Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Another long and turbulent week has come to an end and we now have an opportunity to take stock of just where we are. Apparently, most of Britain now wants to remain in the European Union. Well, that's according to the Irish Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. Ireland is also more important to America than Britain is, or so says Bonnie Greer, who was on Question Time last night, spouting her usual race-baiting rubbish. Meanwhile, over in Brussels, they're still attempting to hold the door open for Boris Johnson while rushing away from it at 100 miles per hour. The Prime Minister will spend this afternoon phoning various European heads of state uh, as it's beginning to look like his softly, softly approach yesterday uh, may well be working in Westminster. Despite the negativity from Labour, the Lib Dems and the SNP, it looks as though Boris might just massage the numbers in the right direction for his new deal, even though Rory Stewart is the latest MP to quit the Tory party. Talk about getting the timing wrong, Rory. Nobody cares. Uh, Let's see if anyone notices that you've disappeared from our parliamentary process at the next election. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll be finding out why Extinction Rebellion is still being allowed to wreak havoc up and down the country after their fake blood stunt went horribly wrong yesterday. And we'll be asking why Home Secretary Priti Patel wants to read all of our private Facebook messages. 0344 499 1000. Plus, because it's Friday, we're getting a visit from a chef who's bringing in some food that he's been out hunting. And it's time for another sparkling edition of the Perrier Awards. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Coming up very shortly, we're going to be speaking to Daniel Janner, QC, son of Lord Janner, who was one of the people wrongly identified and wrongly accused uh, of some horrible, terrible, ghastly crimes by Carl Beach, uh, who fabricated a whole host of evidence uh, and claims about various 
prominent Tory MPs uh, and various other people in uh, high levels of society, uh, which ended up with a Metropolitan Police investigation, uh, which went on and cost £2.5 uh, which saw the homes of Lord Bramall, Lady Diana Britton, uh, like Leon Britton's uh, wife, former MP Harvey Proctor, having their homes raided, having their names besmirched, having their reputations trashed, uh, all because Tom Watson, the deputy leader of the Labour Party, told the police that this was a very, very dangerous and important investigation. They would have to treat it uh, with the utmost urgency. Well, quite frankly, uh, a report which has come out today uh, which has completely trashed the police and trashed uh, the idea that Tom Watson was right about that as well. We'll talk to uh, Daniel Jenner about that very shortly. First, though, Susan Hall is here with us, Conservative member of the London Assembly. Susan, very good morning to you. Good morning. Now, I mean, uh, I don't wish to stray off the line here, but before we start uh, talking about Extinction Rebellion, those ridiculous uh, attempts yesterday to smear fake blood all over the Treasury and, and managing to fake fake themselves out of uh, all probability, um, what do you make of this report that's just come out, which has really, really been critical of the Metropolitan Police? It's bad news for Crested Dick, I would imagine. Well, I imagine it is. I haven't had time to read it, but, I mean, it, it's very worrying. We've asked questions about it in City Hall but it is where it needs to be looked at. Yeah, absolutely right. Let's, let's talk about this incident yesterday. I mean, it probably made for one of the funniest videos um, of the year so far, <laughs> as these planks from Extinction Rebellion didn't realise that it's actually quite hard to control a very, very fast-flowing fire hose. Absolutely. I would suggest they don't apply to become a firefighter. I, I mean, those, those hoses are really difficult to hold. I mean, I go to lots of demonstrations, etc. They're, they're, they're far more difficult than would be imagined, as was evidenced yesterday, hysterical. I'm, I'm, I hope they didn't get too stained by all the uh, red mixture coming out. Well, it was ridiculous, though, wasn't it? Because a lot of people actually asked some very serious questions on Twitter, such as, how did hell, the hell did they get hold of a fire engine? Apparently they bought it on eBay. How is it possible that they were able to drive it up to a very, very important government building um, and get so close to a government building and, and, and basically deface a government building? Because, let's face it, if they had been terrorists, if they had had a bomb on, on board, you know, what would have happened then? Couldn't agree with you more, and that's something that's got to be looked into. I wasn't aware that you could buy them on eBay. I was aware that um, one of the ex-firefighters, I think, has got a couple and, and keeps them um, for various events, but um, I wasn't aware that you could just buy them on eBay, which is shocking. And it wasn't apparently taxed either, so it shouldn't actually have been driving around. No, well, let's hope that a suitable fines, whatever else, are, are put to these people that are driving it. Yeah. And, but going forward, you're quite right. Something needs to be done about that. It's very worrying. I mean, the police, it seems, tend to just ignore Extinction Rebellion. I mean, you know, when they decided to occupy Waterloo Bridge all those months ago, the police were dancing around them, they were sort of skateboarding around them, they joined in with some of the sing-songs that they had. They don't seem to want to arrest these people. I know many of them have been arrested, but they don't seem to want... They don't do it with much gusto, do you know what I mean? Yes, there was 1,100 um, arrested, I believe, in April. Yeah. Well, the, the problem was, Sadiq Khan, um, I think it was late April... Um, actually called them allies and approved of what they were doing. Well, that then, I assume, puts the police in a difficult position. Yes, well, it, it, it does. Because also, did, did Michael yeah. Gove not grant them an audience as well at some point or other? Which yeah. seems to me yeah. to be ridiculous. Well, it went on then for two weeks. It is absolutely shocking. I mean, you, when you've got brilliant councils like Westminster, the amount of um, resource they're going to have to put into this, because apparently they're going to do a, a two-week thing again, 
I read in the Times today that uh, 2,200 of them are prepared to go to prison. This is a nonsense. They've got to understand that there are consequences to their actions. And people of London deserve to be able to get around, to get to hospital, etc. Um, and pulling away all these officers from really very serious crimes that are going on all over London yeah. is, is, is a disgrace in my view. I mean, they're calling this an October rebellion, right? I mean, is there nothing that the, that the city can do? And I know, that, as you say, if the, city, if the city leader, Sadiq Khan, is sympathetic, he's probably not going to do it, but surely we should be looking at this group as a disruptive organisation, as a criminal organisation, uh, and to be honest, not far off terrorist organisation. Well, I don't know as I'd go that far, but they certainly need to be dealt with um, far stronger than they have been before. And, I mean, if you go to the website Climate Change Performance Index, I think we're fifth, I think we're fifth on in the world. Yeah. Why, why are they in London demonstrating? They should be going to, you know, embassies of, of countries that are absolutely dire. Right, exactly. Or they could go and pop over to Moscow and see how Vladimir Putin likes them because he's not very keen on Greta Thunderbird, as I call her. You know, these people are absolutely <laughs> maniacs. I mean, I'm, I'm watching a video this morning on Twitter from New York where a constituent uh, of that woman uh, who's part of the squad that Donald Trump doesn't like, AOC, is actually standing up and saying with a straight face, without anybody interrupting her, uh, the population problem in this world is so bad now that we may have to start eating our own children. I mean, it's unbelievable. I that. I mean, the world has gone mad. It really the has. The world has gone mad. It's crazy. But, I mean, if they're complaining in America, they've, you know, they are very, very bad on climate change issues. In, in Britain, we are not. And, you know, we're doing really well. And this does not help their cause because so many Londoners are going to be put out really badly in the next couple of weeks. The cost implications are terrible. Um, and the sheer amount of police officers that are going to have to deal with this is an absolute disgrace when we've got nigh things going yeah, on all yeah. over the place and goodness knows what else. I know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, finally, Susan, what about Rory yeah. Stewart? He's decided he doesn't <laughs> want to be a Tory anymore, he wants to be an independent, wants to run to be Mayor of London. What do you make of that? Oh, bless. I mean, <laughs> honestly, he's attention-seeking and it's yet another Remainer. I mean, God help us for all these Remainers everywhere. Um, Sean Bailey is a very good chap. He is um, a Brexiteer. Um, uh, thank goodness, one out of all this lot that are standing, one of them is standing up, the Brexiteer, for all of those good people out there that did vote for Brexit, and all of those good Remainers that voted to remain and are accepting that the Democratic vote said we should leave. Gone them. They're the heroes. Well, this so, is the point. Uh, the trouble is, I suppose, with Sean, is that he's not that well-known as an individual. He needs to get himself out there a bit more. He should get himself into the independent republic. Tell him to come along and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, get him, we'll get him a bit better known. Well, I'm seeing him tonight. I will pass on that message. All right, tell him to pop by News UK. We'll get him on the radio. Thanks very much indeed. <laughs> Susan Hall, Conservative member of the London Assembly, very sensible woman, eminently sensible. She'd make a good mayor, actually. Anything's better than Sadiq Khan, for heaven's sake. 0344 499 1000 is the number to call. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Daniel Janner, QC, son of Lord Janner, on this diabolical report uh, about the devastating and terrible... Um, life-changing events that took place thanks to Carl Beach, the fantasist, who was convincing enough uh, to a news organisation called Exaro, to the deputy leader of the Labour Party, Tom Watson, uh, and to all sorts of members of Scotland Yard's investigations unit and the head, Cressida Dick, of the Metropolitan Police, uh, who relentlessly pursued people who were entirely innocent 
uh, and made out that they were entirely guilty. Absolutely shocking. This is Talk Radio. The Human Zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Republic of Mike Graham, you know what to do. 0344 499 Former High Court Judge Sir Richard uh, Henriquez carried out a review of the Metropolitan Police's controversial Operation Midland, which ended in 2016 after 16 months without a single arrest. Today, uh, parts of that report, which had previously been redacted, which had previously been unpublished, uh, because the Metropolitan Police presumably uh, didn't fancy what it said, uh, have now been published and it does look like the Metropolitan Police, uh, they say, had an unwarranted and disproportionate belief in Carl Beach, who fabricated claims of a VIP paedophile ring in Westminster uh, around people like Tory M, ex-Tory MP Harvey Proctor, Lord Bramall and the late ex-Home Secretary Lord Britton. It was an absolutely disgraceful episode, egged on by Tom Watson, the Deputy Leader of the Labour Party. We're going to talk now uh, to Lord Janna's son, Daniel Janna, uh, who's a QC criminal barrister, about how dreadful uh, it all was, but also maybe it's about how today uh, is showing some kind of justice. Daniel, very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving me the chance. No, not at all. I mean, I find this report to be incredible in its way. I found the whole conduct of, of Xaro News, of Tom Watson over the years, to be absolutely reprehensible. Uh, this morning in The Times, uh, it says Watson told to quit over his sex, bogus sex abuse claims. And even now, he still says, well, you know, it wasn't up to me to decide whether these were true or not. Well, he, he, what he actually said was, he described Leon Britton, and I quote, as close to evil as any human being could get. Uh, and he also, uh, we're talking about whipping up hysteria here, he said in the House of Commons on the 24th of October 2012, and I quote, he has clear evidence suggesting a powerful paedophile network linked to Westminster. Yeah. That evidence, we now know, was based on Nick. And he put pressure um, on the police in a wholly inappropriate way which is why he should hang his head in shame and resign. Well, absolutely, but he just shows no sign of doing that. I mean, what do you think his motivation was? I mean, surely it must be more than just a hatred of Tories. Surely it must be something else. Well, he, uh, it, political gain. Uh, he's a very uh, clever political operator, mm. and he succeeded. He became deputy leader of the Labour Party. But th this scandal has ramifications far beyond Tom Watson. It has ramifications going right up to the high echelons of the Metropolitan Police. And uh, what, what we're calling for um, in, in my family, in the legal uh, profession, is a judge-led inquiry. This isn't just about important people, VIPs. It's about everybody. Everybody is entitled to have faith in a fair criminal justice system and not where bizarre, wholly ridiculous claims are accepted as being true. Of course. And one of the, one that, of the more disturbing things, I think, Daniel, was the way that some of these warrants were obtained as well, because it would appear, um, and I'm not sure if this is actually in this report today, I think it is, um, that police sort of misrepresented the evidence that they thought they had or that they told the judges that they had in order to, order, in order to get search warrants for the properties. Which is why it's even more important that, they, that a judge takes control of this, decides it, and a judge who's impartial and neutral and cannot be said to be any part of whitewash, such as the 
IOPC report, which has found that none of these officers are in, are in any way culpable. No. I mean, on a, on a sort of purely personal level, it must have been horrendous for you and the families uh, of the other men involved to see this happening. Well, it was horrendous for us because we know my father is innocent of allegations such as the ones that Nick made and such as others made. So it has been horrendous. We have fought the allegations in the civil court. Sorry, an ambulance just went by. In the civil court, successfully, the whole lot was withdrawn. But it's been a battle mm. because people say, oh, no smoke without fire. But it's worth remembering that Nick accused my father of... Um, raping him right. uh, in the Carlton Club, a conservative club with conservatives, and he was Labour. Yet the police took this in and mm. described it as credible and true. So it is hurtful, but we in our family, as has uh, Lady Britain and other families, known the truth, and the truth is starting to come out, thankfully. Yes, indeed. But, I mean, Nick, um, as, as he was Carl Beach, was an incredibly unlikely... A reliable witness. You know, you just had to take one look at him. I mean, I've been a journalist for a long time, as indeed you've probably been in the legal business a long time. You do get an, yeah. in, an intuition about certain people. And when I saw some of the allegations that he was making in writing, first of all, I just thought, this just does not read true to me. It just there seems something wrong. And yet there were people, uh, 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 along with Tom Watson, who were willing to take his word for it. Well, this went up, as I said, to the very top of the Metropolitan Police. I mean, the early stages of this, it now appears that uh, Cresta Dick herself uh, was involved. And that is why uh, the seriousness of this case um, demands, cries out for a judge-led inquiry for the sake of everybody, to make sure that everybody uh, in society has faith in our criminal justice system and the police. Mm. And by the way, what Tom Watson did was a disservice to genuine victims. Of course there are genuine victims and, and everybody's allegations need to be considered. But when they're patently ridiculous, to take them on board and treat them as if they are true, credible and true, it's plainly absurd and the criminal justice system post-Savile swung too far the other way. Sure. I think they were terrified of getting something else wrong, I suppose. But, I mean, that's no excuse for just inventing something and, and, and running with it because, you know, aside from anything else, the report which is coming out today uh, should have come out some years ago um, but it's only because of the work of, of some, some other journalists and, and people like yourself that it's actually finally been published. Yeah, and Stephen Wright in, in, in the Mail in particular. But we are, as, as a group, um, fighting this. Uh, we're fighting to introduce changes in the legal system. Um, you, you may have heard that I've found an organisation called Fair Falsely Accused Individuals for Reform to change the law on anonymity. Mm. So we're, we're trying to get good out of this uh, evil. It really is extraordinary. And what about Pretty Patel's involvement? Because she's now spoken about the case. What, what are you hoping that she might do? Well, um, she has said she's referring it to the uh, Inspectorate of Constabulary, uh, which is uh, a good first step. She's plainly taking a grip and she's um, not, let, not letting this one go. But I hope the pressure will increase. I think it will increase when people have a chance to absorb this report uh, along the lines of a uh, judicial inquiry as a senior judge coming in and sorting this out for everybody's sake. Mm. And given the lather that the politicians at the moment are getting themselves in over the use of language, you would have thought that there might be some MPs who would call... Uh, Tom Watson's a book on this, wouldn't you? Well, I, I think they will. Um, I'd be very surprised uh, 
I don't know how the inner workings of the Labour Party are, but they seem to be very complicated at the moment. Uh, what is uh, surprising, as far as Tom Watson is concerned, is he takes the moral high ground against anti-Semitism, mm. yet at the same time, surely as hypocritical, in the way that he's treated uh, Leon Britton and others. Yes, exactly right. And as far as some of those people whose ca careers were, were ended, I mean, Harvey Proctor's life was turned upside down. He had to move out of the country. I mean, it was absolutely awful. Um, and I know that there have been some, I think, attempts at claiming some kind of compensation, but you can never really compensate people for that, can you? No, Har Harvey was directly in the firing line. In, in, in my case, it was my father. We knew he was innocent, but he was my father and he had dementia at the time, which is part of the reason he was picked on. Mm. But Harvey Proctor faced the music. I mean, he was accused of three child uh, murders yeah. and interviewed and risked being charged on this. So he deserves to be compensated. Uh, and you mentioned the unlawful searches. Well, there were unlawful searches, uh, in, as uh, yeah. Henry, Judge Henriquez has said, in relation to Operation Midland. But we also, as a family, suffered uh, an unlawful search of the House of Lords office of my father because yeah. the judge was not told he had dementia and I had power of attorney. So that search was unlawful too. Right. Hence, again, my uh, calling out for a, a judge-led inquiry. And what would you hope that that would then lead to? Because, I mean, in the end, something quite serious has to happen here, doesn't it? There has People have to be punished, I would say, in some way, shape or form. I don't know whether that means people being fired, well, losing their jobs, or maybe, maybe even being charged with something. Well, it appears that the officer in charge, Mr Rodhouse, has been uh, promoted on the back of this. Of course. Uh, Lord Hogan Howe's got a peerage. I mean, mm. uh, it appears that uh, those at the centre of this uh, have done pretty well out of this, but it's not for me to judge. Uh, it's for a judge to judge on all the evidence. And if there are lessons to be learned uh, generally, so be it. If there's specific wrongdoings, well, they need to be looked at uh, properly as well to see whether or not criminal charges have been carried out. Yeah. Uh, well, should be instituted. Yeah, it's absolutely quite staggering. Daniel, thank you very much indeed for joining us, and I'm sure we'll speak again. Daniel Janner, QC, uh, who is, of course, criminal barrister, son of Lord Janner, who was one of the senior Tory MPs, uh, former Tory MPs, uh, sort of basically accused of the most horrendous crimes, not simply uh, embezzlement, you know, not accused of stealing something from the House of Lords canteen, accused of paedophilia, accused of murder accused of child rape. I mean, these were absolutely horrendous and ghastly accusations, which, quite frankly, if you had half a brain, you would look at and go, there is absolutely no way that this could be true. But instead of that, you got the Metropolitan Police, egged on by Tom Watson and some other people in the media, right? Metropolitan Police officers, according to this report today, had unwarranted and disproportionate belief in Carl Beach and his fabricated claims. I find it quite staggering that this was allowed to go on, and only now is it being sorted out. £2.5 million wasted. Uh, the homes of Lord Bramall, as I said, uh, Leon Britton, uh, former Tory MP Harvey Proctor, raided on the basis of these false claims. Lives turned upside down. Absolutely horrendous stuff. Just ghastly. More gun talk from a water pistol from the Farmer of Fury. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It's Friday, it's 12.34, and it's time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. Why are you laughing? Your little dance. Do you remember Ed Vasey? Do you remember when I asked him why he was laughing? He got all upset. Yes, I remember. I wasn't laughing. He, he denied said. laughing. He denied yeah. laughing. I did. You laugh. didn't deny laughing, no, no. which is good because Con Mendez is here uh, with the truthful uh, Perrier Awards as opposed to the untruthful ones. Uh, would you like to begin? Yes, that's right. We've ended truth this week. <laughs> uh, welcome. You didn't even get to the first word. <laughs> Welcome once more to the Perry Awards. This is where we go back over the past week of the so-called Independent Republic of Mike Graham and choose our very favourite moments. It's been another great week for the show where we broadcast the Prime Minister's conference speech. Mm. And if you're a fan of things that go on too long that are funny in places but disappointing in others, you're going to enjoy this. Let's begin. As is tradition, the first perrier goes to you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, you win the award this week for being humble. My Twitter is going mad at the moment, by the way. It keeps going up and up and up and up, and people are uh, retweeting me and liking me much more. It's true. Are they? I mean, They're liking you much more. They are liking me much more. I'm much more likeable now than I used to be. You, if you don't believe that, you should ask people who used to work for me. And you have managed to say, stay so humble, uh, even during this moment, from speaking to Dr. Lawrence Gurlis, who during a conversation about vaping, rather aptly, won the Perrier for blowing smoke up your proverbial. As you might imagine, intransigent when they were talking to me, uh, and yeah. they seemed not to get the fact at all that I thought that what they were doing was slightly unwise. Well, I give you 100% support. You're absolutely right. And you're, you're just, you, your instincts and your common sense are better. See, this is what people are beginning to realise. Like why did you not like carry you, uh, the bit where he said that, that I actually had more common sense than Public Health England? That's what he said. It was, it was you cut close. that bit out. Yeah, well. Shocking. You also in the web area this week for made up thing of the week. Now apparently, if you're a diabetic, diabetes pills are on the uh, uh, on the short supply. Uh, diet painkillers are running up. Diet painkillers. Diet painkillers. Have you not heard of them? No, I haven't. Okay. What are they? I can't tell you. They're not. They're not strictly legal. <laughs> okay, good. But the NHS are running out. You're saying? Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I say it every week, but with Brexit, the news can be very complicated. Mm. But for those who are struggling to get their head around it, called Orion in the New Forest was on hand to explain his analogy of the week. Pac-Man. People remember Pac-Man. Yeah. And the analogy is that all these little bits of society are the little white dots and Pac-Man is the society. And all these other things like liberalism and all the other sides that are really quite happy at the moment, society is going around eating all of the pills and it's all happy because they're at the top of the screen and it's been eaten. But one day, Pac-Man's going to eat all the pills and we all know what happens then. The screen flashes and he comes around and he eats all the ghosts. And yeah, but hang on. No one left. Isn't there and that really big Pac-Man though that eats the Pac-Man in the end? 
Well, that, yeah, well, that's that's globalised. Well, see, uh, there's a flaw in your argument there, but it's a nice <laughs> analogy. I quite like it. Pac-Man. A lot of pills in the uh, Perrier Awards. Yeah, though. yeah, it's pilled up Perriers. Uh, back to really? you now, Mike. Uh, you want to retract that. In a conversation about jabs. So we're on to injecting. Uh, you will. Uh, you won the pronunciation of the week for your attempt at whooping cough. My two older sons, aged 17 and 16, had the three-in-one injection and separate ones without whooping cough in it. Whooping cough. I know you don't like my pronunciation of certain things, do you? Well, no, that's just incorrect, well, isn't How is it? it incorrect? What? It's pronounced whooping cough. I know whooping cough. How do you know that? It's a... You can't even pronounce the the. <laughs> so I do... Well, you just got it wrong. Yeah, really. I still... uh, it's called whooping cough in my house. Yeah, well, that's your incorrect house of incorrect. Have you ever had it? Uh, no, I don't think so. There you go. I just have a normal Another cough. expert. Uh, um, caller Stephen in Lincoln wins the classic Perrier wrong namer of the week. A couple of million quid to investigate, you know, the accusations of a fantasist. It, it makes my blood boil, Nick. I feel so sorry for Harvey. Well, his name was Nick, you see. That's why it's understandable, isn't it? That was Stephen in Lincoln. No, but Nick was the guy who was making the accusations. That was I obviously see. in his head. You see. I you've, see. You've I glossed see. over that. Never mind. Uh, right. Mike, you also win the Perrier this week for almost swear of the week. <laughs> but, but maybe, just maybe, this police watchdog will actually find something good about the investigation that they do, and they will fu somehow manage... <laughs> Blimey, I don't remember that. <laughs> it grabbed all our attention. We yeah. were like, what's that? Yeah, Stop. I mean, that definitely wasn't what you think it was. No, no, I've listened back to it, and it yeah. was broadcast safe. Yes, thank uh, which goodness. Which is good. Um, uh, the Enthusiasm Award goes to Katie, the namesake Perrier, as she came on the show the morning after a very, light uh, very late night before. Probably feeling a little fragile this morning after throwing the big party that she throws every single year, uh, a bit of karaoke thrown in. Katie, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Now, how late were you up last night? Tell us the truth. Uh, about four. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> no. But it's good to see Katie Perry getting a perrier, though. Yeah, yeah, about like time. Um, a real highlight now. Uh, Mary in Hemel Hempstead wins Call of the Week. First, though, here's Mary in Hemel Hempstead. Hello, Mary. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay, thanks. You know, you're the image of uh, what's Nick Ferrari. <laughs> Probably been told that before. Well, I mean, thank you very much indeed. Nick's an old mate of mine, actually. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. What was that like? What was that noise? I think Mary's lost herself there. We'll come back to her. Either that or something blown up, but hopefully not. <laughs> Did you ever hear from her again? Yeah, we had her on the same show. We oh, got right. her back on the line oh, okay. later, about ten minutes later. It's always worrying when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it is. You didn't really know what's going on. No. That's why we never ask people to be driving when they call us. Yes, very good. Very um, sensible. Yes. Uh, LaDonna Harvey from mm. San Diego, KOGO. Uh, she wins... Uh, you said KGB then, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> she wins Question of the Week. Uh, and this music, of course, can mean only one thing. It is the return uh, of the ubiquitous LaDonna Harvey from KOGO in San Diego. LaDonna, a very good morning to you. Are you calling me a tart? I'm certainly not. <laughs> I don't know where that reference came from, to be honest. Maybe they have some kind of ubiquitous tart. tart. In, yeah, uh, yeah, it's America, available possibly. at all Walmarts. Yeah. Um. Along with the guns. <laughs> You would have seen this one coming, I think, Mike. Uh, you win the Perrier for most obvious Perrier moment of the week. Calm uh, and a very measured Prime Minister, as against the kind of the crazed Jeremy Corbyn, who just wants to say no, 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 no to everything. <laughs> no, 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 no
Yes. Classic. Very good. Uh, yes, enjoyed that. As I mentioned earlier, we brought you this week Boris Johnson's conference speech. And mm. joining you, Mike, in the studio for some analysis was the barrister and former MP Jerry Hayes. And he won the Perrier for shock of the week for when this unheard of thing in a radio studio happened. I'm delighted to say uh, that I'm now joined uh, by one of the few barristers who hasn't blocked me on Twitter, um, <laughs> Mr Jerry Hayes. Welcome. Oh, good heavens, the microphone's just come on. Good. Oh. Well, that's what we do in radio. When you're about to speak, we turn the microphone on. Usually. <laughs> oh, it doesn't always happen. A <laughs> no, rival true. broadcaster up at uh, a Tory party conference last Sunday night mm. um, had two guests in their little booth, and when they started speaking, they didn't turn the microphones up. It sounded awful. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, later, Jerry Hayes had to make his correction of the week. Mm. That's, again, it's a complete misunderstanding. No, of it isn't. Well, I tell you what it is. Look, I'm doing this for free. Yeah, I'm going to give you. Well, no, actually, I get fifty quid for this. Program. <laughs> well, so, there we are. Excellent. Keep it down, Jerry. Otherwise, yeah. everyone will want that. Yeah, but he won't get it for about two years. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, we'll send you the forms. Uh, however, <laughs> and I hope uh, you didn't think that we would skip over this, Mike. You have won the Perrier for awkward backtrack of the week. Excellent. Yeah. We still haven't yet heard no. the Brexit plan. And you know, Mike, I don't think we will. Oh, I think we will. I oh, think I we've don't... still got about 20-odd, half an hour to go, perhaps, and he's presumably keeping that bit to the end, isn't he? Well, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Boris Johnson speaking to Conservative Party conference. Uh, he spoke for around about uh, 40 minutes, I suppose, uh, and uh, he talked a great deal about um, how... Uh, he wanted to get Brexit done. Uh, not much detail, Jerry, on None at all. perhaps how he's no. going to get it done. But <laughs> Where was Brexit the plan? Where was Brexit the plan? Done. Well, I wasn't expecting him to give out every single coffin <laughs> But there was the nothing. Detail. There was nothing. Yeah, but he said that we were going to do it, which is all that people want to hear right the now. First... Because that's true, oh, though. Oh, dear. I mean, there is a plan. Um, it's to get Which out. Which he did say he would say, uh, and, and then he, he did. didn't say. And he, no, he did. He said he was going to leave. Never mind. We've got, we got some hunting to get onto, so uh, just quickly, let's pop to the Julia Hartley breakfast show. Um, she was at the Tory party conference as well, and I'm led to believe putting the emphasis on the word party. This morning, uh, today's show, she won the Perrier for seemingly having had the longest week. Know your times. Good morning to you. This is Tory. As a Tory, this is a Conservative. I'm saying I'm good. I don't. I'm just. I've spent too long Conservative Party conference. There. This is breakfast on Talk Radio with Julia Hartley Brewer. Well, it's a very long conference. She it has got, to be yeah, said. She got there in the end. Well yes. done, Julia. Well, at least I mean, more importantly, we stayed on the air the whole time we were there. Unlike some broadcasters, <laughs> yeah. who I'm afraid didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's us. We are the best. We uh, are professionals. And finally, another Perrier classic, and it goes to you, Mike. Your somewhat heated conversation with Peter, with caller Peter in Wimbledon. Oh yes. Won you the shutdown of the week. Well, you you wish you were, but you're not. You're not, you're not coming across no, like I, that. No, I don't know. Like a staunch, hard lever who has all your senses left him, you know. You, you, why, why do you think, why do you say that? I didn't even vote to leave. Trying to portray yourself as someone who, who's, who's sensible and neutral. I don't have to Just portray myself, Peter. I don't have to portray myself as somebody sensible, but it's very clear that there's only one deranged person in this conversation. It's you. You've, you've become obsessed with me. You're telling me that I'm a fan of Vladimir Putin. You're telling me that I voted to leave. You're telling me that I'm some kind of mad Brexiteer. You are wrong. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. Well, you're promoting the idea of, of no deal Brexit as some sort of a. No, I'm not. Uh, when did I promote yeah. the idea of no deal Brexit? All of your callers well, calling in, and you. you well, so is it them. me or is it them? Which is it? Well, you, 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 you should you should stop people when people talk nonsense. Your job is to stop them. Okay, you, I'm going to stop you right now because you're talking nonsense, Peter. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I hope he comes back, Peter. <laughs> Excellent fun. That's it for the Perry Awards. There will be more well at the very same time next week. Thank you. The Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. This is now what we call the culture section of the show because I'm joined, I'm delighted to say, by James Chiaverini, director of Il Portico, uh, which is apparently London's oldest family-run restaurant. That's James, right. welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Thanks Thank for you so much Mike. for coming Pleasure. in. I've got in front of me a very beautifully shaped white plate, uh, <laughs> and sitting on it is a rather nice-looking and intriguing-looking taco, uh, which is, looks like it's got a bit of guacamole on it. A uh, little bit of refried beans underneath, maybe? Yeah, that's right. I and mean, something in the middle, which I can't identify. <laughs> well, the first thing is that we own an Italian restaurant, so this is not obviously something you'll find at my local restaurant, okay. but it all fits in with a general philosophy right. that we specialise in hunter-gathering, we specialise in wild foods. This is what we call a, a mixed small-game okay. dish. So whenever I have friends coming over, or if I'm trying to introduce animals, which maybe people aren't, you know, terribly au fait eating... Yes. If I package it up in a very friendly manner, like a taco, it tends to go down a lot better. Okay, I mean, I'm a big adventurer when it comes to food, you know, and I'm very happy to eat pretty much anything that anyone puts in front of me, mm. including and not limited to. Uh, I've eaten crickets. Yeah. I've eaten. Um, are they good? Slow worm pasta. Crickets are actually really nice. Tastes a bit like trail mix. If you okay. sort of sauté them and they're crunchy. Yeah, I believe um, it. I've had um, crocodile. Yeah. Which tastes a bit like chicken. Yeah, fishy I've chicken. Had rattlesnake. I've Is that had. good? A uh, bit sort of, it was a bit cartilagey, to be honest, a bit chewy. Yeah. Um, and venison, obviously, yeah. you know, uh, buffalo. Yeah. So, what is this that I'm about to put so in? So, this mouth? is a mixture of uh, wild rabbit and grey squirrel. Squirrel? Yeah. Grey squirrel? Yeah. Does it, does it come the invasive from grey squirrel. somewhere near your restaurant in Kensington? <laughs> no, it's not from my like, no. You haven't, like, <laughs> shot it with a bow and arrow. No, 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 no. So, basically, a lot of my hunting is done down in Sussex. Mm. So, mm. Down, by, down by East Sussex in Rye. That's not far from... I, I go down to uh, very near Bex Hill at the yeah. weekends. Yeah, yeah, so not far from there at all. That's and, lovely. Yeah, and we, you know, we've Squirrel got... Squirrel tacos, I'll tell you what. We've got um, we've got about 200 acres of woodland, which owns a, a customer of mine mm -hmm. who uh, wants to replant a lot of the uh, the indigenous oak populations well, down there. Well, that's quite spicy as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. But the Forestry Commission will then come down and then tell you how many, basically, venison you have to basically dispatch every year or how right. many grey squirrels you have to dispatch every year in order to maintain a healthy population. Right. So, you know, a lot of guys will go down there and basically just manage the population and then, you know, just leave the carcass to rot. Or guys like me will, you know, show a little bit more respect and reverence and come back and cook it and eat it. And with something like is squirrel considered game then? Yeah, is very it? much so, yeah. So, so it's you only, have to it's, hang it and all that? No, 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 it's small game, so it's not really... And it's white meat, so it's not really, you know, don't really need to hang it or anything. OK. Uh, it's eaten a lot in America, it's eaten a lot in Asia... Uh, in Europe, we don't... In know. Asia, they pretty much eat everything, don't they? If it <laughs> moves, know. eat it. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit better this than rabbit. This is delicious. It is really good. This is really nice. It's really good because it's an organic meat. Mm. It's white meat. It's very lean. There's no, there's no fat. There's no saturated fat in it. And also because they have a very high... You don't get much out of a squirrel, though, do you? No, you'd be surprised. Really? Yeah, you'd be surprised how big they are when you... When you, when you... Squirrel sandwich. What else can you do with it? Oh, anything. So you can braise it. You can, you know, you deep fry it like chicken wings, like buffalo wings. Mm. 
To be honest with you, we eat them in the staff in the restaurant. We have them for yeah. staff dinner. Yeah, we don't serve them to the customers or anything because mm. it's not really commercially viable. So wouldn't you have the vegans up in arms about about all of that outside the restaurants? No, not really. Because I think at the end of the day, it, you know, I think you've got. We're very blessed to live in you know in a in an abundant society where we've got a choice of such a, a wide array of choice of foods that we can eat. And I think people misunderstand how much better organic meat is, you know, yes. like, rather than the stuff that you buy. I mean, I've given up altogether now buying sort of chicken from supermarkets, really, because it's yeah. even the stuff they call organic. Whereas when you go to a proper butcher, it's so much better. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what we should all be doing, is basically just being a bit more fussy about the types of meat that we're eating. Right. So, I mean, you know, people will listen to, to commentators like Chris Packham or like Ricky Gervais, and, you know, without having any in-depth understanding of it, they will think that it's this kind of maniacal, sadistic killing spree. Right. Really, nothing's further from the truth. Well, I mean, up in Scotland, where I used to live, they manage the the, the, the game up there. They, you know, they have grouse shooting, they have, yeah. um, you know, deer culls and all of that. Because if yeah. they didn't, you'd literally wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Yeah, because there'd are, be so many deer. Yeah, we are the apex predator, you know, of this country, and we and we have a responsibility to manage everything that's below us in the food chain in a clear and sustainable manner. Right. And this is the argument about meat eating and you know veganism is that it's not really about sustainable harvest; it's about an industrial process. Mm. But that industrial process isn't limited to meat. That industrial process is salmon farming. That industrial process is, is almond plantations. They one can have their almond milk because they don't want to have dairy right. or soy. There's so much hypocrisy in the world, though, isn't there? It's the same Completely. as all these people who go on about the you know the climate and you know I know his a good idea. Let's take a fire engine down to the Treasury <laughs> and try and fire some fake blood out of a hose that you haven't got enough, um, you know, cojones to handle. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you look at... I mean, you don't need to look any further than everyone's sort of favourite woke food at the moment, yeah. the avocado. Right. You know, so it takes 1,300 litres of clean applied water to produce one kilo of avocado. Is that right? So that's 300 litres of clean water per fruit. Mm. So you've now got villages in Chile and Mexico and other in other South American countries, where it's now the avocado population has now fallen into the hands of the cartels mm. because there's so much demand in areas like Islington Green. You know, they're now calling it the green petrol in, in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. And they're diverting clean water away from villages. And you know, also they've got to get, then they've got to get it here as well, Yeah, right? then they've got to fly it over here as well. And you've got whole villages in Chile, you know. The, these poor guys have literally to bathe and drink sewage water because some wallies over here called yeah. Pongo and Frutella don't want to give up their smashed avocado on toast in the morning. I should, I mean, I should tell everyone that there is some guacamole on this taco. There is, there is. <laughs> but then again, I don't, you know, I don't... And, and I do actually get on with the vast majority of vegans. Mm. And because, you know, the vast majority of people just want to live their lives and That's keep fine. Quiet. I mean, there's an old joke, isn't there? How, how, you know, what, how, why did the vegan cross the road to tell you he was a vegan? As long as they don't do that, that's fine. As far yeah, as I'm absolutely. concerned, eat what you like, you know. Yeah, most people who are into hunter-gathering and most vegans... Is it like a growing thing? Is it a bit, yeah, like, is it a bit so. like the sort of Jeremy Iron Man... Uh, yes. phenomenon where people would go around hugging trees and hugging each other <laughs> and leaving yeah. no seeing no women anywhere and all that. Is it a bit like that? It is. Do you know what? And it is because I think that we want to go back to this sense of maybe not all traditional masculinity is inherently toxic. Right. And there's also this very old idea that keeps on coming back around that, you know, a meaningful and successful life is one of responsibility. And that responsibility... Mean, women can also do the hunting, though, right? Yeah, of course they can, yeah. And that's another huge growing population as well, which is mm. great, you know. And uh, one of the things that we love which most... Which is so about, good. Pleasure. One of the things I, that we love most about, on the air. no problem, is the um, you know when new people do want to get involved and stuff, and especially women, and they do want to understand more about the provenance of their food, and they want to they want to have a sense of sustainable modern living when it comes to being you know being an omnivore. Right. And let's tell us a bit more about your restaurant. It's the oldest uh, family-run restaurant yeah. in Kensington High Street, is it? It's in Ken High Street. Yeah. As far as I know, it's the oldest one in London. It's right. been going now for. I must come and visit it because I go over there from time to time. I, last time I was over there, I ended up in the Ivy. 
um, yeah. which which wasn't really where I wanted to go, to be honest. No, well, they're difficult to find, these little small little mm. gems. But, yeah, we, we've been there for over 50 years. OK. So we emigrated over from northern Italy where subsistence and commercial hunting was a perfectly valid way of feeding your family. Well, you do find this, don't you, much more in Europe. In Spain, yes. people are killing the local rabbits all the time yes. and they eat rabbit much more than in a way than we do. And, I mean, yeah. in rural Britain, actually, it's probably more popular than it is Very alone. much so. And it is a divide between, I think, between the metropolis, you know, and areas like London and, yeah. and the rural communities. And right. what we try and do is try and bridge that divide a little bit. OK. So we're doing this whole hunter-gathering festival for the whole of October. And that includes things like black truffles from the Savannah Forest and wild mushrooms right. and chestnuts and blackberries. So it's not all about... Well, I'm a big know, frequenter of Borough Market. Um, yeah. So I'm always in there. They've, they've got these amazing mushroom stands. And, yeah. you know, they've got ridiculously expensive ones. But I'm, I'm really into the different flavours, you know? It's yeah, absolutely. And we should all be eating, really, a 100-mile diet. Like, that that's really the solution to, you know, the food crisis in terms of climate change. You know, right. if you just eat everything that's around you... Well, this you is it. I mean, all over. these people that talk about, you know, after Brexit, you're not going to get any food because you won't be able to get it delivered from, from overseas. It's like, well, we don't... You know, we live in a place where we have plenty of food. Why would yeah. you need to fly it all in? Yeah, people just have to understand that they don't have to... You know, you don't have to eat blueberries in February. No. You don't have to have avocados, you know, or, or every day of the week or have asparagus in December when they're out of season. Absolutely. If you live... if I think, you know, people who do choose to, to live this way... I think they choose to have a life of more, more that's more in sense of uh, a sense of harmony with nature. Right. You know, because it is very hard work, and I think one of the reasons why we've been so successful in my restaurant for over fifty years is the fact that me, my father, my grandfather before before us, bless his soul, you know, getting up at four o'clock in the morning in the, in the middle of the night to go out to the woods so you can so you can basically hunt your own organic sustainable protein. So our guests can come in the restaurant and share with that experience. You okay. know? And it's that level of provenance that people really really respect. It's the level of reverence that goes to, that goes into the task. Tremendous. Well, listen, we'll look forward to it. Uh, James Chiaverini, director of Il Portico. Uh, look for it. It's in Kensington High Street. Um, it's going to be all month long in October. Yeah. You're going to be doing the yeah. hunter-gatherer no thing. No squirrels, but maybe uh, on the No quest. squirrels, but listen, I may be having to get a recipe or two off you for this because <laughs> I've got a few squirrels down in Sussex where I am. Uh, I may have put them to come good use. James, thank you Damn very well. much indeed. Thank uh, this you, is, of course, Talk Radio. I'll be back on Monday for more fun and games with Boris Johnson and the rest of the gang. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.